looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. And no matter how many times you perhaps shared with them that that hurts you, it's not right, they're going to continue doing it. What do you do then? You're to bear them. That means to put up with them. And to do that, there's only one way you can do it authentically. And that is if you will continue releasing them and quickly giving them over to the Lord. Here's the most difficult phrase of all. Are you ready? Again and again and again and again and again and again some more. That's what the word bears up. I have to put up with that. Then the next word is the word forgive. That's more like a judicial forgiveness. This is where the person comes to you and says, I want you to know that I heard what you said. I hurt you. I offended you, either doing or not doing, whatever it is. And I'm asking you, could you find it in your heart to forgive me? Would judicially you then quickly say, yes, I grant you full forgiveness. I release you and we're going to do it right now. Boom. It's done and over with. Now, some of you might be asking, has that ever happened to you, Pastor? Yes, it has. I've, I've offended people. Hopefully, I've done it more ignorantly, and that's not an excuse, but I, I sure hope I don't do it willfully or, or, or maliciously, but you'll do it. The more you talk, the more you're in leadership, the higher up you are, the more people are impacted by you. It's, it's going to happen. I am so grateful for those that when they've come to me and told me that I've hurt them, that I asked them to forgive me, and I've really sensed that moment right then, a judicial forgiveness, and they have continued that spirit of forgiveness back to me. I hope you understand that. Now, boys and girls, I'd like you to listen to me here. Moms and dads, you might want to zone in for just a moment. Forgiveness is very difficult for you to do. There is a lady who is now in heaven. When she was your age, she really grabbed a hold of who God was and how important that human life is. And that every human life should be properly protected. She lived in the 20s and the 30s, and that's a long time ago. But in the 40s, she lived in a part of the world where that there was another group of people that really hated Jewish people. Hated them so much that they wanted to do things to Jewish people that no human being should have ever had done to them, whatever the ethnic background. But they were being done. She knew that each person was created in the image of God. So as a young girl, what she chose to do was to find a secret place in her house with her family to hide Jewish people when the evil people would come against those Jewish people. So she hid them in there. Unfortunately, but yet under God's providence, she was found out along with her family. They took her and put her in the same camps where Jewish people were kept. The camp's name? was Ravensbrook. She was in the camp with all of them. She was horribly treated by the worst prison guards you could ever imagine. She watched people starve to death, die because of illness and disease, be brutally hurt physically, and then finally put in a situation where they were to die before their time. While she did all of that, she realized the horribleness, and we would say atrocities, of that system of sin. But yet, one-on-one, -on -one, she did what she could to forgive them. So much so that when she was released 
and she could tell the world that concept of not only protecting Jewish people but forgiveness that she wrote a book called The Hiding Place and they made a movie out of that called The Hiding Place and her name is Cory Ten Boom. Now parents depending on the age of your kids I would encourage you that you begin to share that kind of literature with your kids so they can understand how horrible life is and yet in some measure to find a little flower of forgiveness in it and how much that really pleases the Lord. I can only imagine that little flower and the aroma that it had in the nostrils of God when someone in the midst of the atrocity would still not condone what was done, would still do everything possible including lose their own life to protect them, but still could find somewhere in their heart forgiveness. And may I tell you, we're all sinners and God says that we live in the stench of humanity of sin, depravity of wickedness and he still says, I sent my son to step into that world to forgive you of all sin. So if he can forgive me, I should be able to forgive others. Let's go to number two. Forgiveness also frees us from being in bondage to the past. Remember how I began the message by talking about that we hurt a relationship with ourselves, and we also hurt a relationship with others and God? A lot of that is because by not forgiving, we are still shackled to our past in some measure. Look at 1 Corinthians 13.5, and here's what it says. Love is the context, so you want to keep this principle in context. Love is all through chapter 13. Then it says keeps no record of wrongs. In other words, releases the records of wrong. Does not keep a list. Releases the past. Gets rid of it. All right? Now, I'd like to speak to you on a spiritual but also an emotional level for just a moment. So, folks, I, I'd like you to lean into this. This is huge. When you and I are, are offended, we'll say, however that offense is, when we're hint, offended, it is normal and natural for us to be wounded. If you leave here today saying, hey, pastor is saying that we should never feel any of the offenses when someone lies to us, cheats to us, whatever they do. No, 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 no. That's denial. And that's, gonna, that's the worst thing you can do is to deny the pain that you had at that moment when you were violated, however it was. So you are wounded. But now what happens is you're given a choice when you're wounded. You now have two directions to go in. One area is to develop a wounded spirit. Well, your spirit is so crushed that that wound now begins to consume you, take over for you. You begin to live that wound so much that your world gets off balance in so many areas. All right? You have that wounded spirit. Or, number two, you can immediately go to what we've already taught you, which is, I've been wounded. It has hurt me. It was wrong. That person shouldn't do this. I'd like to talk to the person so we could talk it through. But my heart is to release and to hurl this thing as fast as I can away from me properly before God. If you do that last part, that whole situation basically ends right there. But let's say you don't. Let's say you're wounded, you have this wounded spirit, and now you begin to feed this wounded spirit. It then digresses into another spirit, which we're going to call a bitter spirit. Now, it goes from wounded to bitter. Wounded says, I'm really hurt. How can this person do to me? do this to me, but bitterness now begins to create ways to pay the other person back in some measure. However you do it, put them in a position where they get jammed up or you jam them up, there's some way where you are now going to become the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Now listen to this phrase. Bitterness is never a right, because we've been offended. Bitterness is never a right 
that has ever been given to us by God. The only person that has the right to receive the bitterness from us is the Lord. And he's the only one that has the right to discipline and judge that other person. Now, I'm not talking about ignoring. I'm not talking about pretending it didn't occur. But don't allow bitterness to come in. Do you know what happens next when that bitterness now sits within you and you're plotting ways to get back at them? You begin to take that negative energy away from a creative energy of what you can do to add value to that person or to others or to take your life to another level of greatness. And Satan, who's the dirty bird in all of this, sucks you into that direction of bitterness away from the greatness of where you could go. And so bitterness has now consumed you. So it's part of the bondage that we shouldn't have. So whether you think about the person's name or just the thought of what that person did to you so bothers you still, you might say, is it possible that this is part of a signal that I have not dealt with my bitter spirit or my unforgiving spirit? Let's go to number three. Forgiving others comes with a tremendous benefit. Now, kids, you can listen to this if you'd like, but if you want to, I'd like to encourage you to take your special outline and flip it over on the back, and I'd like you now to draw a picture of the person that you know you want to forgive. You want to release that person. You want to give them a do-over. You want to give them an opportunity to be good again. So I want you to just draw a picture. They have glasses on. Do they have long hair, short hair, spiky hair? You draw the picture of that person. And while you're drawing, you can listen, but I want to speak to the adults for a moment on this because I'm going to get a little bit heavier here. There's a writer by the name of Michael McCullough. He's also the director of research for the National Institute of Healthcare Research. And here's what he said. Would you listen to this for a moment? This is huge. When we allow ourselves to feel like victims or sit around dreaming up how to retaliate against people who have hurt us, these thought patterns take a toll on our mind and our bodies. Now, if you want that full quote, you can get online. I'll give you that outline on the, on the Internet, but you can have that. Now, I'd like to talk a little about what happens to a person who's unwilling to forgive in four areas. In other words, you're still hearing this. You're still trying to give all the reasons why you're going to reject what you're hearing and you want to continue in the direction you're in. You have that freedom. I will pass to you. I will love you. I will be your friend. I'll do everything I can to just help you in any other area until you're ready to deal with this properly before God. But until then, let me give you four things to consider of what happens if you do not deal with that unforgiveness. Number one, emotionally. If you do not emotionally deal with this, you will end up gossiping, using slander, you'll have resentment. Watch, listen, listen. Out of the abundance of the heart, because you have not cleaned it out with forgiveness, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. You'll talk about your mates, you'll talk about your parents, you'll talk about your kids, you'll talk about your boss, you'll talk about others. Whoever has hurt you, somehow when it comes out, you're going to spin something negative or dark about that person or that event. It'll, it'll come out. Now, you'll try to mask it because you're a Christian, you'll try to cover it, you'll try to control it, but it will pop out emotionally it's there so if you do forgive what happens I believe you'll have better mental and emotional health I believe at the same time that you won't have the same anger issues that you have because bitterness is a part of anger I also believe that you won't have the symptoms of anxiety and depression some people are filled with anxiety and depression I think maybe they ought to at least explore the area of an unforgiving bitter spirit somewhere in there number two physically people who forgive because they've released that, there's a sense of peace within them and their immune system is stronger. 
I believe their blood pressure is a lot lower. People who don't forgive, they have bitterness, generally they're angry all the time, and angry people often have high blood pressure. Now, I'm not putting everything in that box, but at the same time, at least explore the possibility. Is there a possibility that there's bitterness and unforgiveness going on? You'll feel better physically once you release that person. Give them to God. Let God take care of them. You go on with your life. Just remember that if you don't forgive that person, that person has taken over your life and he probably doesn't even care. He probably doesn't even know he does it. And you're there losing sleep over it, arguing half the night in your own mind how you'd say, and you do, and you're going to do it, and that person's sleeping like a baby. All right? So it's going to affect you physically. Socially, people who forgive usually have or can maintain more satisfying and longer-lasting relationships. Those that have had tremendous struggles in their past and have not dealt with it properly often will bring the, that broken mindset into future relationships that now are going to be just as weak. And so they go in and out of relationships. They keep running from it because they haven't properly dealt with the hurt from a past relationship. Properly. Let me tell you, nobody likes to hang around someone. Watch this now. No one likes to hang around someone for very long who is angry about something that occurred in their life in the past. Plus, when you hang around this kind of person, you hear this all the time, and you hear them putting everybody down, and they did this, and they did that, and I got a raw deal here, nothing. This person, listen, this person is probably thinking now, you know what, if I blow it, this person won't forgive me because they didn't forgive others. They just don't forgive. And if, I don't want to be around a person because I want someone to grace me. Because if I blow it, I want to know that I can go to them and say, I'm sorry, and that person will release me. But I can't do that because this person never showed signs of release of people who hurt them. It's always, I don't get mad, I get even kind of thing. And that's why the relationships hurt. So socially, it's a very, very important thing to deal with. And then finally, spiritually. It'll hinder our relationship with God, of course. How many of you know the verse that says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he cannot hear me? Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God can't hear me. It doesn't say he won't hear me. He can hear me. He just won't hear me. And so he will not hear my request. Now, what happens then? I'm regarding iniquity. What is the iniquity? It's not so much what that person did to me that was a sin, although it was because it set the thing in motion. But what it is now is that we haven't forgiven that person or released that person and God says we should do it so we're disobeying him so I am regarding an unforgiving spirit in my heart. Therefore, the Lord does not have to hear my requests. doesn't have to respond to them. That's why he says if I don't forgive others, he won't forgive me. Now salvation, that's all forgiven but the day-to-day forgiveness that I need to have that intimacy with God that we talk about won't be there until I release the other person. And by the way, but listen, I don't want to minimize your pain at all but really... Is whatever that person did, is it, is it so bad that you're going to let that keep you from having a relationship with the Lord? I don't think so. You don't want to do that. So I hope you really look into your heart and say, Lord, would you please help me? I want to overcome this. And maybe the, the first prayer you can pray to the Lord is this, Lord, I am now going to grant that person forgiveness. I release them to you and I'm going to turn back and do what you said in Scripture. That person who was my enemy will be someone now that I will love, I will pray for, I will do good, and I'll speak well of. And I'll tell you, the Lord's up in heaven, and all of a sudden, here's what he does. He smiles. He said, yeah, that's just where I wanted you to be. Number four, we'll close with this. Forgiving others reflects Christ's work in you. It reflects Christ's work in you. And you could say Christ's work for you as well. Let's go back to our two verses that you have. It says, And be ye kind one 
to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Here it is, just as God in Christ forgave you and me. Woo! God forgave me. So if he can do that to me, I can do it to others. Bearing one another and forgiving one another, even as if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you must also do that. Wow! The Lord says, I forgive you, Stan, and you didn't deserve it. So if I can forgive you and you don't deserve it, I want you now to do it to someone else. They don't deserve it, probably. So just forgive them. Now watch, 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 watch. Some of you are saying, that's easy, preacher, because Jesus is God. He can do all of this stuff. I can't. You're right. I can't. He can. Therefore, I will. When I trust Christ as my Savior, Christ comes in me. So that's his work in me now. And because he's inside of me, I now dig into the Christ that's inside of me. And I identify with him. He forgives that person because he's forgiven me. Therefore, I can forgive him because Christ forgives him. So it's Christ forgiving him through me. And I'm partnering him with all of that. That's the joy of this whole thing. I like to say that if I'm a Christian, that's my responsibility to rightly reflect that with others. Let's pray, shall we? No little poem, no little story, just an opportunity for you to hear some deep truths. Some of this could be very painful. Some of us want to continue holding on to this grudge or this bitterness and not to forgive. And you're right, my dear friends. I do not know your scar or how you were abused or hurt in your past. I am so sorry. I wish I could apologize for every one of those people who did or didn't do what they should have done. I am so sorry it's happened to you. But at the same time, I love you too much to leave you there and to just say, it's okay, then just sit there and wallow around in your pity. What has it gotten you so far? Are you really happy with all of this? Are you happy with those memories and that anger and all this stuff? I think not. But you just have no one maybe to come alongside you to show you how to get out of that prison. Well, now today, God sovereignly brought you truth to help you understand why you need to do it, how you need to do this, with whom you need to do this. But there's one thing that no scripture, no preacher, no counselor could ever do, and that is to push your want-to button to make it happen. You now have to have the volitional choice to change your thinking. And so for some of you, I invite you to pray. One of two prayers, maybe both. The first would be for those of you who have never really understood the depths of the forgiveness of Christ. He says that you and I are sinners. We are. You know you've done things wrong. You know that. And because of that, we have a nature that sins and that nature has caused us to do those deeds. And we're going to spend eternity separated from God in a real place called hell. I don't care what the world might want to laugh about it. They can laugh you into hell, but they'll never laugh you out. All the late night comedians can make fun out of Christians and religion and all that. But Jesus says, He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already. Now you don't come to him trying to be good or become a Christian by your lifestyle. You become a Christian by your faith and place it in Jesus Christ, Jehovah Yasha, God who saves, keeps, defends, the Messiah. And I pray that today that you realize that by placing your faith in him comes with no good deeds that will get you into heaven. It's not by turning from this, stopping your smoking, drinking, cussing. All those things are good to do and you should be good. You should stop doing the evil and you know that. You don't need me to tell you that. But if you think doing that will get you into heaven, it will not. 
it is your faith in Christ, in Christ alone, that will. Now, you should live a good life because you have trusted Christ. It's the right thing to do, but not as a way to get into heaven. And Jesus says that if you trust in him, he says you can know before you die that you're going to heaven. So it's not something you have to wait for and hope you get to heaven. You can have the assurance of it. Why? Here it is, here it is. Because Jesus forgave you of all your sins when he died on the cross and you put your faith alone in him. So that should be your first prayer, is connecting to the Lord by saying thank you for your forgiveness of all my sin, past, present, and future. And then maybe for some of you, you might need to pray a prayer to say, Lord, I want to grant those who have offended me the same forgiveness that you have done. For some of you, it's not an issue of asking God to show you. You know who the person is. The person's face is in your mind right now and the hurt is still there. That's understandable. But maybe you can ask the Lord to help you at this particular time to release that person and let him take over now helping that person to overcome whatever issues they have that caused you to be hurt. You might never get forgiveness from that person that you've offended, but you've got forgiveness from the Lord. Is there anyone in here today that would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Because today I'm receiving the forgiveness from Christ of all my sin, and I know now that I could have eternal life by faith alone. Pastor, I'd like you to pray for me because I'm trusting in Christ as my only hope to get into heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, that if you believe and believe alone in him, you wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand if you're doing that. I'm not going to have you stand up, come down this aisle. I'm not going to have you say anything out loud. You don't have to talk out loud, pray out loud. When you raise your hand, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to describe you in my prayer so everybody knows who you are. I won't mention your name in my prayer. I will just, in a generic way, thank God for you that you made the right choice to trust Christ as your Savior. And I just want to pray for you in that way. Wouldn't you like to have someone care enough for you to do that in a private way for you? I want to do that. Is there anyone in here today that would simply say, by that uplifted hand alone, that you're trusting Christ to be your Savior? And it's today and you'd like for me to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand right now? Is there anyone at all? Put it up, put it down. All right, Christians, how about you? Was this a timely message for you, boys and girls, moms and dads? Is there someone that you need to forgive? Or someone in a particular event that you need to give back to God to release? And you need to do it quickly, like a Major League Baseball player will hurl a baseball fast. You're going to do it fast. You're not going to wait till you get home or when you go to bed or wait for communion or baptism. You're going to do it right now. You're giving that situation to God. And you'd like to have prayer. And you've done it before, but it's kind of come back again. And you need to do it again. And you'd like to have prayer. Would you slip up your hand now? Is there anyone at all? Anyone? I won't mention your name. But I'll just kind of welcome you. Amen. My hand is up too. Folks, I wish I could promise that once you forgive that person, that person will never hurt you again. I can't promise that, and you know that. So I would just like to tell you, this message is a message you need to pull out almost daily, to apply daily, because every day, that person or others will still hurt you and hurt me. But let's show them that no matter how many times they do that, we realize that we can grant them Christ's forgiveness. Our gracious Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that we have been forgiven of all sin, 
when we placed our faith alone in you and that it was not done by works of righteousness that we have done. It's been according to your mercy that you've forgiven us so we can know we have eternal life. And Father, since you are within us, we want to grant the other person forgiveness. Yes, Lord, we'd like to help them. We'd like to let them know how they hurt us. We want to help them not to hurt us or others again so they could grow. But if they're not ready to listen to us, Lord, then you take them and you, you deal with them in your time. They started with you in your mind anyway before they were ever in my life. So, Lord, we're going to give them back to you. But for us, we're going to get out of bondage. We're going to take this get-out-of-jail card right now, this forgiveness, and we're going to let you take care of them and not carry this wounded, bitter spirit, this nasty thing that's been dragging us down and hindering us emotionally and socially and physically and spiritually. And so, Lord, thank you that you've given us, even this morning, because we've carried this bitterness for so long, you're giving us the forgiveness of that even, and we have a do-over, and we praise you for that. Now, Father, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us Make It Clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Oh, 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 oh